Lisa K. Yes. We met about two weeks ago, mm -hmm. and when you told me that you were uh, into social media, and you work at a company, and you know we can't name the company, right? Yes. And you worked at this company, and you were uh, a social strategist. I said, mm -hmm. oh, I need to know more about what you do. Mm -hmm. So, will you tell us uh, a little bit about you and what you do? Oh, sure. So, we met at a um, Martin Luther King event, and uh, we were volunteering. And uh, we, my background is social media, so social media strategy, but I'm also a trained journalist. Um, I came out of college uh, in 2001. So, email was just picking up. And I was teaching my friends how to like get their first Hotmail accounts. Um, there was no real internet, and we were building uh, websites that went to nowhere. And I was in this exact class, and I was told, um, when it comes, people, these big businesses are going to be uh, trying to sell their goods online, and this will never work. Websites will never take off. That's what they were telling That's you? what they were, my professor was teaching us this. And um, at the time, PayPal had just launched and no one wanted to use PayPal because they thought that it would like, they would just take all their money out of their account. But I was an early adopter. I ordered pizza online, I had PayPal, and that was considered my when, when was this, what year? Like 1999. 99, okay. Yeah, 2000. So, um, I, really loved technology. I was an early adopter and then I moved to New York City from Ohio and I worked as a web writer and I would write all the descriptions for this recruiting agency and it was such a thankless job and it was tedious and there's nothing exciting about it and no one was really using the internet to apply for jobs at that point and I got this job because I was on hot jobs and I wanted to win, like they were offering $20,000 wardrobe. So I entered this contest, and back then you could make people do things for money online. So they asked you to apply for three jobs, and then you can enter the contest. Right. So I applied for this job as a web writer, and that ended up being my first job out of college. In, in 1999? In 2000, 2000, 2001. 2000. Um, yeah, and I interned down here too. but. Um, I was really fortunate to be in the very early aughts of web, e-commerce, and social media. And I I benefited because I was a really good writer. Mm -hmm. So okay. you can't fake writing, and not many people can write well. So I could sell that, oh, I'm a published journalist, even though it was like small, small articles in Pittsburgh papers and Ohio papers. but. I got calls. I got called back by CNN, NBC, like all the major um, major news outlets that were looking to expand beyond print. So this was a time where people were still reading newspapers and magazines. They were still applying for jobs. Like you had to print out your resume and send it in an envelope. Um, but companies that understood where you know digital was heading, mm -hmm. they were trying to hire people who are like hybrid. So hybrid means like you're, you're a writer, you know how to interview, you know how to document it, um, and you know how to sell it on social. Eventually that's what it became. Right. Um, so I went through a lot of bouncing around different jobs, but the one turning point was I was at, I was an office assistant at Fast Company Magazine. Now I'm getting like, soy milk for like the head of comms for Facebook. I'm getting like paper for all of these, um, just these early adopters, all these um, men and women who are shaping the future of technology and social media. And so I'm getting all this ex exposure. And then I ended up getting a job at an agency because they wanted someone who was a journalist first, who could run social media like a newsroom. So, but there wasn't any social media really happening in 2000, 2001. No, I had to wait. 
and a way like and make a place for it like I had to be the one who could talk who would teach the Luddite like someone who was like I don't believe in websites but let me show you how websites can make you money let me show you how like it was a lot of teaching it was very few returns I had to wait probably 10 years before I really Made money. Yeah, five yeah. Eight years from now. Then yeah. came Facebook. Then came yeah. And, and Instagram. It's like Facebook, Instagram. Well, before that it was MySpace. MySpace. <laughs> um, all all of these evolutions happening, and it's so quick, and people will pay money so they don't have to learn. So if you're in social, you're always learning. Like I I'm 41, but. I have to know all the social shorthand. I have to know about TikTok. I have to know, like, I can't sit in meetings and be like, well, I don't know, like, that's what 13 year olds use. Like, I have to be a 13 year old, like, always. So always you have figuring. TikTok now? And, and yeah, I sit with my, my baby cousins and they tell me, they teach me um, about, like, what they're into. And, like, right. it's, it's always, um, always interviewing people, always paying yeah. attention, like, on the train. Like, oh, like, Oh, this is how people are are viewing their favorite shows on yes. demand. This yes. is how. Oh, there's so many older blacks and Latinos who use WhatsApp mm -hmm. more yeah. so than yeah. maybe other demographics. Why? Like, Why is that? Um, I think it's just about like geographies. It connects geographies. Oh, okay. And so it's if it's heavily saturated in the Caribbean is heavily saturated in South America like and it's free right then of course like everyone's right. going to use it to keep their families intact what is so important about using social media now mm -hmm. if you're 20 years old mm -hmm. why they haven't had to use it well we were in college mm -hmm. there wasn't any but why is it so important to use social media why are big companies now mm -hmm. starting it more and more? Like from a, a B2B perspective, so business to business perspective, and this is probably not the interesting social, this isn't the social that like you're really sharing with your friends, but if I want to figure out how to use like a new technology, then I'm gonna maybe go to LinkedIn to learn more about it. But I, I don't wanna look slow to my peers if we're in a big global meeting and someone's like, well, how are we using LinkedIn to build our pipeline? Well, you can't sit there and be like, oh, I don't, I don't, I'm not, a, I don't really use LinkedIn. Like, you have to know what you're talking about because you're being paid. Do you um, use all the platforms, seven, eight, nine platforms? Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, you personal. when you interview for a social job, the first thing they do is comb through your personal um, social. So I, I know that people have lost opportunities because uh, maybe they're too political on Twitter or they're too this, too that. And it's really about the person who's reviewing your content and their opinion. So if you have a very, um, if you have a very conservative boss, you can't change how mm. that person sees what you're posting. When you interview for positions, jobs, so forth, now, mm -hmm. when you leave, yeah, you know what I'm gonna say. Mm -hmm. When you leave, do people look you up to see who oh. you are, what you've done? Oh, uh, that's the best, that's the best part. So LinkedIn tells you who looks at your profile. So after I interview, or if I speak on a call, it's timestamped, so I know either people are really engaged with what I'm saying, or they're questioning who I am as a professional, mm -hmm. but you see breadcrumbs of your conversation, like proof points. So I might have, I might give a speech and have like 10 people visit my LinkedIn profile, mm -hmm. and maybe two people will wanna um, follow me or connect, and maybe one person will write. But it's, it's, um, it's incredible to see like human behavior. So um, people do look you up after yeah, yeah, you yeah. walk out if you're interviewing. People are going to look you up. They'll look you up as you're interviewing. Oh, as you're interviewing. Yes. In your face. Yes. Oh. <laughs> You'll see like little notifications or someone follows you on Twitter in the middle of you speaking. 
Um, yeah. in, so, all, in all fields. Yes, and it's very, like there's a heightened level of transparency. So before you could hide, but now you can see who, like what mm -hmm. content people like, even if they're not posting it, you can see like what people like on Twitter. Right. You can see, you can find out anything. So for that reason, sometimes, um, like if you're in a setting like this, people will hold back on sharing their profiles until after a talk or after mm -hmm. a speech because mm -hmm. they want, like I want you to see me now as opposed to judging my tweets. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. Tell, tell uh, you, you just told me a little while ago about this story of how you met somebody that, mm -hmm. talking about the interview of passion, and how you met somebody and what you communicated mm -hmm. to build your relationship with that person whom you did not know. Yeah, so I think a lot of people question the, the power of social media and you see a lot of viral stories like people with cats and babies and all this stuff, but like on a one-to-one -one level for the rest of us, um, social can like really yield a lot of great swift returns in your life if you know how to position yourself. So um, I'm a Pos social. When you say position yourself, excuse me. You say mm -hmm. position yourself. What do you mean by that? Uh, if you know how to position yourself, well, I'm a communication person. Uh, I say, oh, if you know how to. Um. So who you're who you're following online? So, um, who you follow on Instagram or who you follow on LinkedIn? And how can you connect that to real life moments? So if I know someone is visiting, or someone's gonna be at a conference, and say it's someone I follow on Instagram, and this has happened, so I make sure I follow them on Instagram, I like their content, so there's like a, a refresh, there's a, there's a, a fresh um, indication of my interests. So maybe I like a few of their posts, I comment. So if they're on stage, I'm gonna ask them a question. So this is what happened at work. We had like a, a major executive from a major retailer. You can say can that, say. Re that, that retailer, that's, that's So fine. it was Nike. And I'm a triathlete. So I... And what's a, a triathlete? Uh, so swim, bike, run. You do, there are different um, distances, but uh, you might swim a mile, New York City try. You swim a mile, then you get out of the water and you get on your bike and you bike for like 26 miles, get off your bike, and then you do like a couple loops around Central Park, like six miles. And that's a triathlon, three sports at once. And um, so there are all types of triathletes. I'm an Athena athlete, meaning I am larger. And Athena athletes have you know, different gear needs and extended sizes. And it's really difficult to find maybe a cycling top or a swim bottom all the time. So um, this person was from Nike and I asked her a question. I said, um, my name's Lisa Kay and I'm a social strategist and a triathlete. I said, I came into triathlon when I was like later, I was 35. I did not know how to ride a bike and I learned how to ride a bike at 35. I learned how to swim like long distance and I didn't know what to wear. And so when Nike rolled out their extended sizing for athletes like me, who don't have the typical athletic body, at least what's marketed to, um, it made a difference in my journey. So she paused and she was like, oh, that was a good question. And it ended up that she was the one who rolled out the extended sizes for Nike. She ran that campaign. She ran that campaign. Yeah, she did everything. So Nike, the main office is where? What part of the world? Um, on the West Coast. Is it on the West yeah. Coast? In, in Seattle? Oregon. Nike? Yeah. Oregon? Yeah. So, um, so what's happening here is that I am a plus size triathlete who follows plus size models on Instagram. When they rolled out their extended sizes, they used the models I knew from Instagram. So I was able to reference those stories authentically because I said, okay, well, if, you know, we'll say, if Ashley Graham is wearing their sports bra, then I can trust it. Mm. Um, so what they did is, you know, they leveraged all that social capital, that trust, 
and then it funneled back to someone like me. Um, and so from that, like, I was able to write her and tell her more about my story on LinkedIn. So what did she say when you asked that question? She was, she was like, oh, like, she connected in a real way because this was my story connecting with their brand story. So you told and her a story about you, yeah. personal, mm -hmm. which made it authentic. And she said back to you. She, she was like, oh, I asked her if she would uh, like to continue the conversation and mentor. And then she was like, well, maybe you can mentor me on having, um, what did she say? On uh, having a, a, a voice as an athlete. Like, it was crazy. Like, she wanted me to talk to her about my journey. So it's like, as an athlete. As an athlete. Um, that would help her do her yeah. job as in selling yeah. Nike wear. Yeah, for athletes. Yeah, right. and, and this is retail, so and retail is not easy anymore. Right. Um, so that was incredible to me, and I have so many stories like that where you you take what's happening on social and you sort of can translate it and leverage it for good in your own personal journey. Um, like I've met like other triathletes, I've met so many journalists, actors, just being crazy and just reaching out to them on on Twitter, on Instagram, just having a, some having an ask, a really tightly buttoned up ask. Mm -hmm. Why did you ask that question? Mm, I had interest. Why, what gave you the the courage to raise your hand and say, I'd like to ask you, Nike Well, if CEO, I asked her anything else, it would fall flat. Like, tell us how you feel about, like, I don't know, like the, the new Joy sneakers or whatever it was. Like, mm -hmm. that's not my interest. Like, I'm right. not a sneakerhead. I'm not, like, wearing all the Nike apparel. Like, I'm in it for training. Like, are you gonna help me finish my race? Was your gear going to last for my three hour? I'm a back of the pack athlete, so my times are longer. So my gear has to last longer than everyone else's. You told me that there's sometimes when you are running, you're the last one mm -hmm. coming in. Did you run the New York Marathon? And run, the Brooklyn the, half. The Brooklyn half. Yeah. So and that you were the last one. Why would you put yourself through? Being the last one. Some CEOs were telling me this morning that they're afraid to put things up on social because mm -hmm. they're gonna be judged. Mm -hmm. You know, you're ugly. You're you have big feet, Ruff. <laughs> uh, you you have big ears, Ruff. All this other kind mm -hmm. of stuff. So what? But <laughs> how were you how are you able to run, I... be the last one uh -huh. and know that you're gonna get Play haters, as my friend would say. <laughs> um, I don't. I like when people. I still have a medal rack at home. I have like twenty-five medals. No one looks at those medals and they're like, "Oh, well, I don't know. Like this one, you were like fifth from last. This one, fifth from you the were last. like twentieth from last. Like only jerks do that. So I mean, I it's the same distance. Mm -hmm. I'm not cheating. And I'm a warrior, like I deserve to be out there and get the same. And like when you're last, you know everyone is cheering for you. So it's not like, oh, are you cheering for someone? No, you were the last one coming through the shoot. And I'm not always last, but you know, you know, like people are crying and they're grabbing onto your arm. And like, it is a, such an emotional thing. And it's like all of your fear is just sort of doused with courage mm. and like, if you finish a triathlon, like no one can tell you anything. Like most people can't swim, and I'm swimming in the ocean for like an hour, getting out, riding a bike. I mean, it's not it's not natural to your body. So your body is like freaking out too. But well, somebody about, you like, told you told me somebody was riding a bike and they were riding past you as you were running. And what yeah, did they was, say to you? I was a half mile from the end of the Brooklyn half marathon, so that was uh, about 13 miles. I don't know, like, I couldn't feel my ankle. Like, everything was falling apart. It was my first one. <laughs> and he says, you can get a Big Mac after this. And I was like, I said something unkind to him. 
but <laughs> and so I'm going and um, during these races like your friends will text you like support and everything and they'll they can track you and they'll be like you just have like a quarter mile but when your body's falling apart that feels like everything <laughs> is just sadness and cry you cry a lot and so my sister meets me like quarter mile out and like we're almost at the boardwalk where it ends and we hear the DJ say for the race, all right, guys, thanks for coming out. We're shutting it down. And my sister is like, no. So like my sister and my friend run ahead to, and they tell him not to shut it down because there's still like 10 of us who like, it was either like old, older women or fat athletes. <laughs> we all were like hobbling along. And, but you pay, you pay a hundred dollars for the DJ to be there. You pay a hundred dollars to have someone put the metal over your head, like everyone else. And so my sister and my friend were able to like shut it down. Like they got them to pause and I, I get there and like everyone, it was like a movie. Everyone was waiting there with the biggest smiles and tears and like, you can do it. And so I crossed the finish line and they put like, <laughs> they take my hair and try to collapse it and they put the metal over and like that feeling was probably like a hundred times better than whoever finished like two hours before me mm -hmm. like to finish out that race and like my friends surprised me and like that is courage like that is fearlessness and like that so if you have a win like that you store it away and then something hard at work happens and you think back to like when you're in this race which is an endurance race and you're like, okay, well, if I can do a half marathon in this body. Mm -hmm. Then I can do it. I can write 40 tweets. It's okay. <laughs> I can I can figure this out. And with social, it's so it's such a battle because no one, um, you know, if you do Facebook on your own, it's really difficult for me to sell it into you at the business level because you're thinking about how you relate to your grandmother on Facebook. I'm thinking about like how do I explain this new technology and get you to at least sit down with the seller and maybe buy it, make the $200 million, $200 million investment. Mm -hmm. So that's our How goal. do you do that? How do you persuade <laughs> big companies to do more social? How do you persuade them when they didn't grow up with this? Well, uh, you have to measure everything and you have to be very vigilant about the work that you do and create. So when I was preparing my note cards, so I wrote down everything I have to know how to, or I've learned how to do in the past since 2001. Since 2001. Yeah, when, okay. when the internet and social first started. So when I, I get hired and people like to work with me because I know how to write tweets. I know how to write blogs. I know how to write media pitches, articles, the slideshows that you watch online, emails are everything, an editorial calendar. How do you write quotes, tweets? Pull quotes, stories, scripts for video. I know how to interview people. I know how to create strategy. I know metrics. I know how to recap everything I've you done. You know I'm gonna break all this down, right? <laughs> Voiceovers, I can do that. Event coverage, fact checking. So you write a tweet. Because right? uh, because I want them to know mm -hmm. there's a certain way you can communicate to get anything you want. Yeah. If you communicate effectively. You asking that question to that Nike CEO mm -hmm. to make that contact and now to have someone at Nike that you know and you're building a relationship, mm -hmm. you had to ask a particular type of question communication mm -hmm. so when you said you know how to write a, tweet. write a tweet how do you write a tweet to connect with them saying there is a way to just tweet and there's a way to write a tweet and then I'm gonna ask you how to tell a story mm. um, so it's the anatomy of a tweet uh, so I start at the end I reverse engineer it like, what do I want you to do? So I want you to click on this link. You mean the, the person? The, the audience, yeah. The audience, yeah. okay. I want you to click on this link. That's my end goal. So then I said, well, what will get you to click on this link? I have to have a story to tell. 
So maybe I'll say like, 120 and it's boring. Characters? Yeah, and it'll it'll be boring like stuff. It's never it's never like it's I I started out writing tweets about printer ink. So printer ink? Yes. So printer ink. Yes. Okay. The cartridge. Okay. And I would say I would say like like are you, are you uh, what are the pain points for um, purchase of printer ink? Well, you never know when it's gonna run out. Um, you never know how many like pages you're gonna get out of the cartridge. Right. Um, you might not have money to buy the new cartridge, and like most people don't care about printing. So I would have to make you care with the tweet, and I would say like, um, I don't know. Do you want to know how to double the output? Question: Do you want to know how to double the output of your printer today? Double the out output of your printer, of your printer yeah. today. Do you want to know? A yeah. question. And then I would say answer. Uh, find out more about our XYZ printing capacity, something, something, and then two hashtags. So it's prompting and it's prompting you and it's making you yes. feel it's making you feel like you're an expert. So now you can take that information. And maybe your boss is like, what are we doing with these printers? And you say, actually, there's this new technology that this company has, and I saw it online, and I'd love for us to give it a try. So mm -hmm. it's a small touch, mm -hmm. but that is what gets people to sign on new new business. And that's or our get job. followers. Yeah, and that's our job, like to, to loop you into our story and motivate you to take an action. Take action. And so maybe Bad. you see the tweet and it leads to a blog post. You take that blog post and you email it to your boss. Your, your, your boss sees like a CTA, uh, call to action button at the bottom of the blog to schedule an appointment with one of our printing experts. Mm -hmm. So we can tag that and trace it all the way through. So say pie in the sky, like that yields like a $10 million deal. They can trace it back to that tweet. And ideally, that's what you want to figure out. Mm -hmm. How did that person find you? Yes. And how is the information shared? So, yeah. That's why branding is so important. Yeah. Yeah. And what you do and how you do it. Mm -hmm. And you can see it. Like, every, my friends say I ruin everything for them because I can see through marketing ploy so like the kardashians <laughs> it was a chloe like tweeted like thanks courtney for ruining our oscar night or something like that did anyone see that notice that and to me that's not that that's a placement like it's a tee up for their new season it's a tee up for a sponsorship how it, so how so explain that then well it's a storyline so they they oh. have, they all have oh. storylines, like we'll take up a whole wall. Right. They plan out, like all celebrities plan out their stories for maybe six months at a time. Yes. So maybe they tweet and maybe they're seen at that gourmet shop by the paparazzi. And then they're in a magazine. Like it all ladders yeah. back to money. Fabulous. What else do you have right now? Uh, Make sure. So a large part of my job um, was influencer marketing. So finding people to talk about the brand without the brand necessarily involved. Um, so I would introduce like key decision makers to um, different products to get them to just like it, to have time with it, build with it. And maybe that would take, that takes the form of like maybe have coffee hours. So I'd invite them to our offices and make sure that I get the room with the best view. And I would promise them a really intimate experience. So I'm not inviting 20 people, maybe I'm inviting five. And I'd say, you're part of our exclusive group and we want you to preview this. And you don't have to tweet about it. You don't even have to write about it. And it's all about relationship building. And then I give them the best pastries, the best coffee and just chat them up for an hour and then they leave and then I can invite them to an event maybe are, next month. Are these the influencers? Are these the, the ones who are most excited? Are the ones who come to this? 
Mm -hmm. So they'll be like chief technology officers or like people who are like the web directors for like, mm -hmm. thing, like your favorite online publications. Right. And it's their job to be ahead of the game. So I'm giving you a preview of what's to come. And so then maybe I invite you to like a conference and I'm there and I'm like, That's all communication. And then at that point in the conference, they're tweeting. Like, Can't believe I got to meet mm -hmm. the head of, uh, I don't know, right. digital XYZ, da da, right. da 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 And it's just relationships. So then I write thank you notes, handwritten. And I say, oh. <laughs> <laughs> thank and I, you notes? And I, I leave them in the hotel on their beds with mints and stuff. So yeah. Why do you do that? Because uh, my mother taught me. But, um, but why? <laughs> why when you can tweet, when you can no one, uh, no write one. an email to say thank you? Why? I just because mentioned the it to these CEOs, <laughs> and they're all looking at me like you're crazy. I'm not doing. Oh that. no, I have my stationery with LKD on it. Why do you do um, that? Because no one else is doing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and people keep notes forever. I keep my notes forever, but. Um, like when we had influencers in Vegas, we like we packed little bags and like handwritten notes, and not just like "great to have you here." It's like, thank you so much for traveling from Phoenix to get here. Mm -hmm. We're so excited to hear what you have to say about I don't know, like ro robotics. Mm -hmm. People remember that, and it's not hard to do. And we and what I and love, you want to build a relationship. Yeah, and what I love about um, my old team was we did this for when we had um, high schoolers come. We all, like, everyone got five stacks of cards. We had like probably 25 young girls come in and we wrote, we're so happy to have you here. Use their names. I mean, it was, it was a lot. Did but, it help your company? Oh, they loved it. Yeah. They had a really great time. Yeah. The kids had a really great yeah. time. But yeah. um, you just want to figure out that edge and how you can make someone feel special and how you can position yourself as a leader and an, ex an expert. Like anyone could read a book or go to YouTube and figure out how to write a tweet. But like, I like to um, think about like what, what gives you an edge and what gives you an edge is like practice. So did you have to practice a long time to, a ton of rejection. to write a, a, a tweet? Ton, a ton of rejection, a ton of, questioning as you, you finally learn I made myself sit down and write I would challenge myself and be like how many tweets can I write in 10 minutes and, and I still do this write out 10 tweets okay um one time my boss asked me to write 40 tweets and I was an hour mm -hmm. I was like we need this right away I was like, and that because I had practiced so much mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't really a heavy lift it was just like okay this is what I do but um most people don't know how to write. Like find your 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 niche. Like if you're really good at organizing and strategy, then make that your thing. If you're really good at numbers, then you wanna practice like how to tell a story using metrics. And so all these things are creative. It's not just the writers who are creative, but the people who have to pull all the data. You have to tell a really compelling story with your data or else it's just flat. You have to tell a really compelling story with like your gift. What does that strategy. mean, a story? So if you publish, because they're they're going to be telling a story, uh, sometime mm -hmm. about their interview of passion. Mm. So, like say for instance with my triathlon club, uh, we'll have like a Giving Tuesday campaign. I can't just say like, oh, we raised fifteen hundred dollars, and we had a lot of interest on. Facebook and people really liked us on Instagram. Like, what do you do with that? Nothing. But what I can say is we saw a 15% spike in our engagement when we compare our engagement to last year. And this tells us that more people are drawn to this particular type of gift or this hashtag. Mm -hmm. And we saw an uptick in donations when we reference Carrie's story. 
And what's the, what does that tell us about Carrie's story? Well, he's he's a beginner, and people are drawn to that challenge of those first steps toward triathlon. So, like, it's my job as a professional to help, like house and place the story. Yes. Like, it's just it means nothing. And. Um, the people who do social really well are able to do that seamlessly without people knowing. That is a story. Yeah. 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 Uh, because we're running out of time with Lisa Kay, any questions? Now, always when you are in this situation, you mm -hmm. say any questions, just like the person from Nike. The person said, mm -hmm. are there any questions? Nobody had any questions yeah. uh, right away. Any questions about social? Go ahead. So this is Dustin. We were talking about how you, um, or I guess a plus size mm -hmm. um, athlete. Mm -hmm. How did you get past like the fear of? I don't know. Were you? Did you? Have yeah. To, like, you like, who wants that? to be in front of a bathing suit in front of like twenty <laughs> people and people telling you like, I don't know. Um, it still happens, but I think like the circumstances don't change. There's still gonna be people who don't think that maybe I belong. But like my worthiness changed. So at first it would be like, oh, like I could only swim. My goal was like to swim eight laps of the pool. Now a mile is 76 laps. <laughs> so when I started, I would <laughs> be like so winded and I'd be at the edge of the pool like crying. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. But what changed is like, okay, well, how can I deconstruct this so I can feel better about my my um, speed and my endurance? So it just was like, okay, 10 laps led to 20 laps, led to 30. And now when I do 76, I have people watch me at the Y and they'll come up to me and they'll be like, I mean, you just kept going and going. You just didn't stop. And I'm not fast, but I'm not gonna lose. So I'm gonna finish these 76 laps. But it's just about your identity and like who you so you take, want to be. So you do eight laps and then get out, go home, whatever, then you come back. Yeah, it's bit laps. by bit. Like how do you eat an elephant? Yeah. Have, have you heard of that? Just bite after bite, like bite bite. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's about breaking it down. And I still have like a lot of goals that I wanna hit, but I mean, I just like everything. Like I wasn't the best writer, but I just really worked hard at it. And you will yield something if you pour into into it. And it's a long term goal. It's like, are you essentially, are you up for the long game? Can you set a goal and be okay with not hitting that goal for at least ten years? See your face. <laughs> And like culturally, that's not where we are. It's very quick microwave. But there are, like, I get really excited thinking about like, well, what could I do in 10 years? Okay, 10 years, I'll be 51. Like, what will I be like? Okay, like, I want to ride a 100-mile bike race in 10 years. That's what I want to do. But if you look at anyone who is successful, they're planning five years in advance. And it's not that you... Um, have to stick to the plan, but it gives you a vision and a focus toward where you want to be. Good. Anybody else? Oh. Um, well, last summer I had um, an opportunity to be a social media intern yes. for the Instagram brand. Mm -hmm. um, how how do you how do you create content? Like, what's your process of creating content? without sounding like repetitive and mm -hmm. also having your own type of creativity and like knowing your audience and stuff. Great yeah. question. Well, there are two things. So one would be benchmarking. Like, so if you look at all of your competitors and you write down what you think they do well, what they can improve upon, and what's like absolutely the worst parts of it. Um, and then what I like to do is you create a grid of themes so you might have five themes that you're going to pursue. And um, say if we're just doing like a, a health and wellness one, so it would be like um, your ambassadors or your influencers would be one theme, like who's doing actually the activity that you want to pursue. Um, what kind of resources are they using? 
um, is it season seasonal? Like if winter training, summer training, like what's the difference in maybe nutrition and something else? But you are very disciplined in your approach and you're always sort of laddering back to your strategy and you're not coming up with new ideas on the fly. You're not following like something random that's happening. You are keeping your focus. Like today is Tuesday. I'll talk about smoothies on Tuesday. That is what I'm gonna do. And that discipline and being a learner and uh, being like having integrity and being honest about what you're pursuing, like it, it will show. People are attracted to that rather than someone who's like chasing hashtags and something like that. I, I also say with that, document. You can't come up with uh, ideas and new ideas. Document what you're doing. I'm, if it's health and wellness, uh -huh. I'm eating a smoothie tonight. Uh, tomorrow night, I'm eating a hamburger. And uh -huh. what, document what you're doing or write about that or tweet about that. And it that doesn't have to be perfect. So yeah. like maybe Definitely. maybe you're pursuing um, becoming plant-based and you talk about like your smoothies and everything, mm. but people also want to hear when you muck it up and you're like, oh, the double cheeseburger. That's, that makes people interested, like, oh, Okay, I can get with your misstep. Like I have that problem too. And then you get a whole nother storyline where you talk about your rebound. Like, and then the next day I, you know, did nothing but X Y Z, and I was kind to myself. And yeah, the journey. That's great. Great question. Anybody else? Go. Uh, so I actually don't have social media. I used to, but I find my life is so much better without it. Yeah. Do you think nowadays? people should have social media because it's becoming more of the voice people expect instead of just a louder voice to be heard? That's a great question. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely can appreciate that. Um, but I think if you're interviewing for a job, it's a really easy way to show and sort of flex your expertise. I mean, you don't have to be on it every day, but like just feed it a little bit and post something on LinkedIn maybe once or twice a week, like something that someone else posts and then yeah. but what if you don't don't have it like I have friends you know yes. over 40 who <laughs> said I'm gonna never no it takes too much time I'm not gonna do it at all oh they all fall <laughs> that's what I said too you're, I've had a lot of people come up to me and be like can you just teach me how to tweet one tweet one tweet <laughs> I mean, you you wanna squeeze like all the benefit you can off of these free platforms. So if you want to be, say, I don't know, you, you wanna be a marketing associate, then when I look on Twitter, I wanna see that you follow marketing accounts, that you tweet about marketing. You can tweet about other stuff like hair or your music, but it should be sort of a blended experience and not just, um, not a lot of people lose out on opportunities when they post about politics and even if you think that everyone else feels that way I guarantee not everyone does and you're gonna get your feelings hurt when you, like that you don't want that to be a reason why you lose out on an opportunity because you tweeted something I mean, you see it all the time you tweeted something like 10 years ago um, people are smart they know how to access archive content. Didn't Kevin Hart get in a little yeah, trouble? Yeah, everyone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone does. Um, so, and you can have, like, it's free, so you can have, like, your own Instagram, and then you can have, like, what's your name? Josephine. So, professional Josephine. I actually do that. Okay, good, good. Like, I think that's the best route, like, have multiple personalities online, and um, just make sure that they are separate and not connected, but... How do you separate them? I mean, I'm always coaching people. Uh, you separate in how you communicate, mm -hmm. but it's the same. Well, I mean, you I can have a brand. Carrie Ruff with uh, yeah, it's just Twitter a naming. Again. So my brand is Lisa KK, Lisa K A Y K A Y. That's my Twitter. That's like oh, okay. My Instagram. That's, that's your brand. Everything. Okay. 
So you're not gonna like find, I don't have a separate personality online. I'm not really doing too much, but um, a lot of my friends have, like I work you know, with a lot of different social strategists and maybe they'll have like three different handles. Mm. Yeah, I have one too. Yeah. That's it, one brand, mm-hmm. one name, one brand. Mm-hmm. Any other questions? Yeah. How do you moderate your time on social media? Because I know like, well, it's, it's not always, clear. I've been told, and I, even through experience I found out, I'm, I'm not good with being all day in bed with my, um, on Instagram, because it just makes me, sometimes I just, sometimes I just end up feeling a little empty or shy, yeah. but being online for too long. So how do you, as an influencer, um, moderate, like, how do you moderate that time? Too long. Like, to be in the real world and then be, I'm like, I get, I'll be honest, I get really fatigued by, I like you, I, what happens to me is I'll stand on the train and just watch people online and it's, it's just so empty when you see someone with their phone and they're, everyone's on Instagram and they're just doing this. And like for me, I'm like, that post is my baby. Like, I want you to stay with it. Like, and be like, oh, I traveled here and, and everyone's just consuming it so empty. Like. It's good to take breaks and like really figure out like read. A, I make myself. I have a slowdown activity every week where I'll read a book or go to a museum or like you have to feed yourself differently or else. Like even our um, our vision is affected by color, like digital and color. Like babies see color differently than like when I was growing up. They have a completely different spectrum of color because they consume everything off the screen. That's. Crazy to me. It really is. And it's not, you know, it's, there's nothing we can do about it. This is where we are. But like, just to think, like how your posture is changing, the way you're processing information, how you feel about yourself. People growing up, like in the early part of the um, century, they didn't feel badly about their bodies like we do. They didn't feel badly about their faces or whatever is plaguing you. Like that, it's fake. It's fake. So can can you? Is that? See, I don't think there's, you can be on social too much, mm-hmm. but is there a too much now? Yeah. Being on social too much, except I used to sleep with my phone, mm-hmm. used to, and then <laughs> listening to Simon Sinek or whatever and talking about the rays and everything, and then I, okay, now, <laughs> since the summer, I put it into uh, the other room. And then I'll pick up a magazine and look at something in bed and read. Yeah. But I'm looking for ideas about communication, effective communication to get what you want faster. But is there too much? Well, it interferes in how you process your, like how you plan your day. So this is what I found. If you are on social, like there's no off. Like you don't, I can say I have 10 things to get through today. But for some reason, it, it, it like extends my day where I used to be able to time box it and be like, okay, this one thing is gonna take me 30 minutes and I'm gonna sit here and do this thing for 30 minutes. But now it's like, um, mm-hmm. there's no um, parameters anymore. How do you deal with, um, many times online now, if, if there's something viral and it's really bad, you get like a bunch of, like nasty accounts and a bunch of like a lot of controversy mm-hmm. how do you deal with that especially if like on a corporate level so um most businesses yeah that's a great question um, most businesses have a, like a governance team um, or a cx team and they're responsible for uh, maintaining the brand's um i don't know reputation so they sit, they're monitoring tools that will just show you everything that's being said about your company, all the responses, and like they're responsible for escalating certain things if it's really bad, or escalating something that's really great. Um, and then you have a governance team that is constantly monitoring like how many Twitter accounts do we have? How many tweets are going out? Like they're managing the volume they're managing um, what's called sentiment. So how how does the public feel about your brand online? Mm. And they're bringing it back to the social teams and saying, hey, we need to think about how many um, tweets we have going out because this happened in the news today. 
and we want to be sensitive to it. So do you, do they put out more because of what's happening in the news, no, or do they take back. they pull back. back? Yeah. So you'll slow it down, um, or just you know whatever. You just want to be sensitive to what's going on and not be like you were in a room and there's like some attack that happened. Right. You wouldn't be like, okay, everyone. Anyway, let me tell you about yeah. our right. new. You would right. be like, oh, I'm sorry. That has that affected you, or yeah. do you need some time away? Like. You would be so you mindful, back. yeah. Okay. But that's how what you have to learn if you're going to do social um, professionally. Like you have to have some sensibility. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, I'm going to end this. We have another few minutes, but I'm going to end this part. And uh, let's thank Lisa. Okay. <laughs> Or, or, or we can uh, put down a, um, uh, a little sign in sheet and then you can take their email if they choose to uh, give that to you. So this is, this is my assignment to you. I'm not going to share my social with any of you. I'm going to give you my business card if you want it. And then that's how you're going to figure out how to find me online if you want to. Okay. And I'm also going to put something out so you can sign up to... Uh, network and build a relationship with her if you choose those two things. Yes. Okay. Choice. She won't do it. I'm, I'm going to do it. So, <laughs> thank you. Okay. But thank you guys you for your questions. And then this you can great. ask her some questions. You can turn it off. You can ask her some Join us next time for another innovative conversation on Side Hustle with Personality, where we explore how you can develop something on the side and bring great value to others and yourself. And when you choose to improve your daily life and business, this is the place to hang out for new ideas and new strategies. This has been Side Hustle with Personality. Now you may contact us at kerryruff.com. That's K-E-R-R-Y-R-U-F-F, as in Frank Frank. And remember, Keep connecting your energy differently and adding true value to the world.